Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship this fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. For our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, a reminder to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and you'll find the bulletin for this service under the Resources tab and options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Just a few announcements to share before we begin worship this day. Our final Lenten midweek worship services are held this Wednesday morning and evening, 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Please join us also for supper prior to the evening worship service. Supper is served starting at 5 p.m. The following week is Holy Week, and we look forward to special midweek services on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and of course, Easter weekend as well. Next weekend, we'll have a special guest with us, the Reverend Richard Radowski, representing Lutheran Bible Translators, will be our guest preacher and will lead our Bible class as well. Lutheran Bible Translators, also known as LBT, is one of our mission emphases this year, and we'll be a delight to hear from Pastor Radowski, who not only serves as the executive director of LBT, but has also served as an LBT missionary overseas. He was also a former field worker here at Chapel of the Cross. So we look forward to welcoming Pastor Radowski back with us next weekend. On Wednesday, April 12th at 6.30 p.m., a new discovery class will begin. Discovery class is a 10-week class that Pastor Lesh will lead, which is especially for those wishing to become members of Chapel of the Cross or for anyone who would like a review of what we believe, teach, and confess. So if it's been a while since you were confirmed and you'd like a little refresher, this class is also for you. Again, that begins Wednesday, April 12th, 6.30 p.m. God's blessings to you as we worship together this day. We stand and share the peace of the Lord with one another, after which our entrance hymn begins. Sing praise to God the highest good.
us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them and repent of them and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Forgive my sins, give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life, and bring me to life everlasting. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he become, gives the power to become children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ. scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. For the sick and the dying and for those, all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, by the suffering and death of your Son, 
you redeemed this fallen world. Grant eternal joy to your faithful people, whom you have delivered from the danger of everlasting death. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I cry to you in darkest places I will call incline your ear to me anew and hear my cry for mercy Lord
I will wait for you. I will wait for you on your word. I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied.
Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. This is the word of the Lord. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. John the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for it has been three there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. 
As we sing our next hymn, you'll notice that verse 6 is an organ-only verse. Please be seated.
beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who laid down his life for his flock so they could live with him forever. Today's proclamation of God's word comes from the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, with a focus on Jesus' promises to us in faith, in contrast to his enemies plotting against him. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus understood the situation with Lazarus and his illness. This was the message that was being sent back to Mary and Martha. If you follow along chronologically with this story, Lazarus is already dead. What Jesus is claiming is that Lazarus will not remain dead. Jesus is indicating that Lazarus's resurrection is already on Jesus's mind. Lazarus's illness will allow the father to reveal his son's glory and that all should honor the son as the father. And when we talk about God's glory, we're not referring to the celebrity style glory that we so often witness today. God's glory is majestic, a radiant presence waiting for us as believers in heaven. For example, in the Old Testament, God's glory referred to his visible presence among his people Israel. We often forget that God does not work on our schedule. And what we usually see as tragedy in our lives, our Heavenly Father is working his means. And we more often do not understand God's ways. This is what faith is about, to believe that God always has our best interest in mind for us. And just like God's people Israel, we as the new Israel and God's people reflect his glory when we show our love to others. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Some might think that Jesus is talking about sleep as a euphemism for death. But what Jesus, and for those who follow Jesus, death is no more than a mere nap. In Mark's gospel, Jesus has this to say about a young girl who died. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. The apostle Paul refers to those that appeared to Jesus after the resurrection. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Our Lord and Savior had a purpose in what he did for Lazarus. Jesus showed mastery over death for those who believed in him. We today have numerous euphemisms for death. Among them are kicking the bucket, the big chill, and taking a dirt nap. Well, at least that last one does insinuate death or sleep. We also tell ourselves that we're going to become an angel or that someone's looking down on us from heaven. 
for non-believers, this can be understood because they think death is an end of itself. So that anything they hear is comforting. But we as Christians and followers of the Good Shepherd know that when we die, it is no more than a nap because our Lord and Savior, when he comes, he has promised to wake us up so that we can be with him for eternity. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in him, me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus may seem to be rebuking Martha, but he's not. Jesus' use of the word resurrection is something Martha is familiar with. But, it is about, but in her thinking, it's about the last day. Jesus is telling Martha, he is the last day that Martha is looking forward to. And this is not to conclude that this represents the final judgment with Lazarus. Instead, this locates the truth of the resurrection in the person of Jesus Christ, and that we will all rise again through faith in him on the last day. This statement of Jesus, like the other I am's that he uses in the gospels, is a claim of divinity because only the creator can create a life where there is none. And the question that Jesus asked Martha is the same that Christ asked of us. Do we believe this? Do you believe this statement? We confess it every week in our creed that at the end of time, Jesus will come to raise the dead to life. And it is through Jesus that we will rise to live at the end of time. Now we know that Lazarus coming back to life is not the true resurrection. Lazarus will die again, just as others that Christ raised during his ministry. The young man, the young girl, they will also die. But if they believe in Christ, they will rise again with glory the glory gained by Christ on the cross. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Martha believes in the resurrection of the dead. She believes with all of her heart that Jesus is the Messiah. She expects and believes her brother will be raised on the last day. But Lazarus has been dead for four days, and he's begun to rot. And while Martha believes in the resurrection of the dead, the thought of her brother being raised on this day was beyond her expectations. Death is still the thing we fear the most in our lives. Death does not care who you are or how much you're worth or your ethnicity, or your political party. Death is our just due because we're sinners. But we are redeemed in Christ, so we do not have to fear death. It does not mean we won't be sad when someone we love dies because we will miss them. But if they're believers, 
and you are a believer, you will see them again. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Jesus' delay in going to Lazarus' home was to show the glory of God, to show Martha and Mary and the gathered mourners not only the power of God the Father, but to show who he has before, who show who he was, who the Christ was before his resurrection that will guarantee that everyone who believes in him will never die, but will live with him forever. It can be hard to keep the faith when things turn sour. We can, can forget that we're never alone in our suffering, but Christ is always beside us. And it is, this is not to say that faith will mitigate trouble and terrible things happening in our lives. We will all face death, but we believe that on the last day, we will see the glory of God when he comes to raise us from the dead. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. During Jesus' ministry, his words and actions created a schism amongst the Jews. Lazarus' resurrection, while fantastic news, is not well received by everyone. Many people saw, who saw this miracle believed that Jesus was the Messiah. But those who were there that did not believe knew the Pharisees would want to hear what was happening. And this passage also serves as a turning point in that the factions against Jesus would now start to take solid action against him. And as unfair as it sounds, that they're starting to plot against our Lord. This is the Pharisees working to achieve God's goal. Our good shepherd did not come to earth to perform miracles. Jesus came to save a world that could not save itself. And it should not be surprising that the world would want to try and stop him. But because of the Father's love for his creation, he was willing to sacrifice his own son for a world that does not always love him. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than for the whole nation to perish. The rest of the Pharisees could not figure out just what to do about Jesus and the crowd that was beginning to gather around him. They worried about Rome and what they would do if this Jesus movement started to cause problems. Caiaphas understood the risks at stake. He knew, or at least he thought he knew, that it would be better that Jesus die so that the whole nation would not perish. Now you've got to love good irony. Caiaphas was so wrong in this statement, and yet simultaneously so right that it's ironic. One man should die so that the whole nation doesn't perish. 
And he was right. He was just wrong about who was going to be saved. It was better that Christ should die on the cross innocently so that the whole of creation could live. This is our truth as we head into the end of our Lenten season. Caiaphas and his priests, Pharisees and scribes thought they controlled the situation. They did not, and they never did. God had a plan, and he executed it to perfection. One man would die so that all could live forever if they believed in his son. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. There was no longer any doubt that Jesus had to die. It was only a matter of figuring out how to do it. And the opportunity would present itself when Jesus goes to Jerusalem. He will be betrayed, judged, beaten, and nailed to a cross. And those who plotted Jesus' death will feel triumphant. But they're wrong. Jesus will be triumphant in three days when he rises from the grave, triumphant over death and hell. And those who believe in him, death will become no more than a nap. As we prepare for Palm Sunday next week, we should remember all these things had to come to pass for our salvation. That Jesus had to be put to death so that we might live. But that's what a good shepherd does. The good shepherd would die for his sheep. And this is the best news that we will ever get in the rest of our lives. But this time, we always talk about Christmas cheer and Christmas spirit. But at this time of year, we should feel ecstatic and joyful a gift that we did not deserve, and we can't achieve it through our own works. We can only receive this gift through faith in this statement. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise as we confess our true faith and our belief in the resurrection and the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, 
and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated as we gather our offerings to the Lord. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O oh God, as you created everything out of nothing by your mighty word, so you have brought resurrection and eternal life to light by the mighty command of your Son, Jesus. Help us to learn from Ezekiel's vision the death that comes when we lose faith and the life we gain through your Spirit. Receive our praise and thanks for the gift of eternal life and help us to live as your resurrection people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As our Lenten season soon transitions to Holy Week, help us continue to recognize our sin, our need for repentance, and our dependence on our Savior. Help us continually put to death the things of the flesh that lead us astray, that we may be fed and led by your life-giving Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
We lift up those who mourn and those who carry grief and sorrow in the loss of loved ones. Help us learn from our Savior at Lazarus' tomb that death is not the last word of this life, that we rejoice in your promise of the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Enable and equip us to be heralds of the hope that is ours and witness to the Christ in the power of his resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless the ongoing and vital ministries of our mission partners, especially Lutheran Bible translators, Lutheran Association missionary and pilots, and Helping Hands Food Pantry. We pray that you continue to use these organizations, their workers, volunteers, and resources given to bring hope and help and the gospel of Jesus Christ to people here in our community and around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who are sick or infirm, disabled or troubled, especially Marty Albers as he recovers from surgery, Brandy Mosley and Johnny Spears. Breathe your life-giving spirit into all in need that hope, comfort, and peace may be theirs in faith. And remind us that our ultimate healing is in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now we thank you, Lord, for your continual protection, your love, and for bringing us to this new day. And for your promise that you are always with your children. We commend our lives into your hands. Let your holy angel be with us, that the evil foe would have no power over us. Lord, in your mercy. Now receive our prayers that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good right that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who brought the gift of salvation to all people, by his death on the tree of the cross so that the devil who overcame us by a tree would in turn by a tree be overcome. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
our Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This blood, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Depart now in the joy and peace of our living Lord. for prayer. Almighty God, you provide the true bread from heaven. Your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, grant that we who have received the sacrament of his body and blood may abide in him and he in us, that we may be filled with the power of his endless life, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, having received this true body and blood of our Lord, go in his peace and with his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Let us end.